Perhaps it's a strange thing to hear, but I have absolutely nothing new to say about Christmas. But then, it's not a matter of saying something new, if such a thing is even possible. As it is recapturing a truth that is methodically beaten out of us through the course of our lives by all the daily anxieties and worries, fears and struggles of trying to survive in this world, from suffering the loss of loved ones, from experiencing the ravages of age, and for many of us the disillusionment that comes from sacrificing our lives to become successful and then one day waking up and realizing the terrible cost it exacted from our, from our lives and from those who love us. Christmas, with all of its varied traditions, is the time to reacquaint ourselves with the ancient light that you and I received in our baptism when we were immersed in him who is the light of the world, Jesus a divine light that dispels all forms of darkness that tempt us to despair. It is that light that reorients us as often as we need to be reoriented to the truth that God became one with man so man could become one with God. It's such a simple truth. And perhaps because it is so simple, it is so easily forgotten. During Advent, as I was making preliminary notes to prepare for the Christmas sermon, I kept finding myself going back to the first Christmas after my father died. I was in high school. And I remember how odd it was that the tree ornaments were dull. They were always the same ornaments ever since I was a little kid. But this year, they were dull. And the special foods tasted bland. And how brutal it was to see the empty space at the dinner table where my father sat. I could not understand my mother's insistence on decorating the house and preparing all the traditional foods, things that she and my father loved to do. I tell you what, if there was an empty space on a wall, an evergreen bough got hung onto it. It had to have been very painful for her. I wanted Christmas to be over with as fast as possible, throw the tree out, and for life to get back to what had become the new normal. But my mother, thank God, was much wiser. Women usually are, aren't they, guys? She would not allow the traditions of Christmas that were so much a part of our family and for generations before us to be overshadowed by the darkness of grief. And she was right. They were testaments to a hope that this world scoffs at, mocks, a hope that is the soothing antidote to loss. God entered this world not in displays of divine majesty, but in the humility of a defenseless infant. 
entrusting himself to the care of a husband and wife who struggled with all the uncertainties that poverty injects into one's life. That our God came among us as an infant tells us that he never imposes himself on us, but rather he patiently waits for us to stoop down, pick him up, invite us, invite him into our lives so that he can do what only he can, heal what is broken, remedy whatever is defective, soothe what is painful, remove from within us what has become deadly to our souls. I learned that the beauty of Christmas was not in its tradition but to what the traditions point. The truth that suffering, loss, loneliness, fear, worry, even sin, have all been consumed by the divine compassion. Death, then, must yield to life. Despair must yield to hope. Darkness must yield to light and all the horrible things that happen to us that the world insists are just part and normal everyday aspects of life have been stripped of their power over us unless we choose to give them power. Hope then, pulsates through the mystery of Christmas no matter what condition our lives may be in. Look at the Gospels of Christmas. Last night at the first Mass, we had the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew's Gospel. I always thank God that everyone has to stand while that thing is being read because most of us would just <laughs> through the whole thing. And even while standing, you always get those folks, they get that glazed look in their face. By the time the third or fourth so-and-so begat so-and-so. But the genealogy of Jesus is absolutely essential because it tells us four things. First, there has never been a moment when God has not been active in human history. Second, not even the perversion of sin can stop God from accomplishing his will for us. Third, God entered history in the person of his only begotten son. Finally, what God did then he is doing now, this morning, with you, with me, with every believer, whatever their church. Leading history, yours, mine, the histories of our loved ones to their proper end. And that is union with him. Luke's account of angels revealing the good news of the Savior's birth to shepherds would have been heard by the early Christians as well, scandalous. You see, in those days, shepherds were considered the scum of the earth, the lowest of the low on any social scale. And to any cattleman here, please do not gloat. But have you ever wondered why St. Joseph in crush sets like ours is always portrayed carrying a staff? You ever wonder? For decoration? No. It was the weapon of the common man. I realize it's not a politically correct thing to say in a Christmas sermon, but that's the truth. When he saw the shepherds approaching, 
he most likely expected trouble and was prepared to defend Mary and the child. And yet it was to the shepherds, these social outcasts, the angels gave the good news, telling us that God, as he so often does, just delights in turning the world's wisdom, including yours and mine, upside down. The Gospel of John we just heard greets us with neither an account of the birth of our Lord nor a story of angels. It proclaims instead a mystery. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. Never was there a time when the Son was not one with the Father. It was through the Son that the Father caused all things to come into existence. And at a precise moment, when the Father knew that the time was right, the Son, the Word of God, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And what does that mean? So simple. Man is no longer alone. No matter what endures, an entirely new relationship, an unparalleled intimacy between God and man is established in which God declares himself to be fully and irrevocably dedicated to us. This divine love, and this love alone, is one's ultimate security. No, there really is nothing new about the mystery of Christmas. But then, it's not about saying something new that matters. What matters is that every day, we reconnect with the ancient light in whom we were immersed in our baptism, Jesus Christ, the Word become flesh, the light of the world, who's conquered all forms of darkness. And there is never any darkness so dark that the light of Christ cannot penetrate and dispel.